0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, aim low, Las Vegas. The experts in
1: the desert said BYU's over-under win total at 5.5. Do they know something we don't? The curious case of Jaron Hall, what the Cougars should do and keep saying about the backup quarterback. Plus, he's Juddy's new buddy, former Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, Lee
0: Kamard, back at BYU and working in a new basketball coaching role. Let's go!
1: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, July 15th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton once again, teamed up with the guy who is currently perfecting His bottle cap challenge,
1: Jerem Jordan. No, I did it for BYU Sports Nation right now last week. I thought I did okay. Uh, There have been some really, really good ones. Uh, We're showing video. I turn. I get it. It's it's whatever. Yeah, you're perfecting it. The hamstrings were tied after flag football. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to perfect that. I'm actually retiring. I'm here to announce that I am retiring from the bottle cap challenge. You know who did it much better than myself? Uh, everybody else, including the BYU gymnastics team. Oh, this is fantastic. They have almost a 1,000 retweets on their version of it. They're on the bars, the beam, the vault doing this. I, slow motion. You want to talk about chaplain. precision in a sport oh. that is related to precision? Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> really skilled stuff. And now gymnastics is really good about taking the viral moments and putting them into gymnastics. They've done this a few times. I want to say I, I can't remember exactly the oh, other yeah. ones. Oh yeah, no, they did this with the so where you pretend to be. You're, everyone's frozen. and Someone frozen. Moves yes, yeah. yeah, I can't remember. Did they do the Harlem the Shake specific name. Did they do the ice bucket challenge. You know, <laughs> there have been it's like one a year where everyone does this. This is great, really well done. What's going to be the next
0: social media challenge?
1: If we knew it, we would do it th- now. Think
0: about these things. The ice bucket challenge, which was for a good cause for ALS, mm-hmm. but how did? Who knows what's going to, like, catch on and go viral nationwide?
1: It's so random. I want Pogs to come back. I got a couple (laughs) slammers that aren't being used right now, so I need that.
0: Oh, as mentioned, almost a 1,000 retweets for BYU Gymnastics on their Bottle Cap Challenge video, including a retweet from BYU Sports Nation. You can see that on uh, the BYU Gymnastics Twitter account and ours. Here's today's show lineup. Taylor Cole. BYU baseball alum and pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim just experienced almost an unbelievable Friday night. Like, you can't make this stuff up, which is why I felt compelled to scream in all caps. Once again, sports are the only unpredictable and true reality television. Because what happened at Angel Stadium on Friday night is incredible, on the night, they remember a teammate who recently passed away. They throw a combined no-hitter. I mean, it's just incredible. So we're going to talk to Taylor about the atmosphere that was uh, existent on Friday night. Plus, Lee Kamard, what's the best bit of advice he's received from Coach Jeff Judkins <gasps> as he begins his new assistant coach role with BYU women's basketball? Loaded Monday show. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Jimmer Fredette has joined the headline party and officially signed with Greek basketball club Panathinaikos. Fredette and the team making that public on their respective social media accounts early this morning. Jimmer signing a two-year deal worth a reported three and a half million dollars.
1: Finally, he's in Europe. I'm excited for this. I think he can do well in Europe. And this isn't just some lowly team in Europe like the Shanghai Sharks. We're kind of a lowly CBA team, let's be honest. They weren't competitive. This is a team that won the Greek League, top 10 League team. This is exciting. One BYU football over-under is set at 5.5 wins this season. That according to William Hill Sportsbook. Please. 5.5? This is the lowest projection for the Cougars, as ESPN's Football Power Index has the Cougars winning 7.5, and, and Phil Steele's main set has BYU winning seven games.
0: BYU basketball forward Yoli Childs receives an honorable mention from Andy Katz in his preseason top 25 college basketball players of 2019-2020. Childs, the returning senior, one of 15 players, mentioned just outside Katz's top 25. So I, I think we could say he's a top 40 top player? Top
1: 40, question mark. It's a top 25 poll, but BYU got some votes, so they're 38. Top 40! What? And Taylor Cole, as you mentioned, pitched the first two innings of a combined no-hitter for the Angels in a 13-0 win against the Mariners Friday night. The Angels wore the number 45 to remember pitcher Tyler Skaggs, who passed away earlier this month. We'll chat with Cole, as you mentioned, later this hour. All
0: rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending.
1: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending, a BYU sports nation. William Hill,
0: an odds maker in Las Vegas, Released the 2019 college football regular season over under win totals for select teams, including your BYU Cougars, and set the line at a whopping five and a half wins. Wah, wah. Five and a half wins? How do you win half a game? That just seems bonkers. Or do they know something we don't? Jerem, what is your reaction? To The five and a half over under win total line set by William Hill, a sportsbook out of Las Vegas.
1: What that was my reaction. Five and a half is really low. D- does Bill Hill expect BYU to be 2017 BYU? Now, I can see why you could doubt BYU. Say, look, this team went seven and six, they won the potato bowl over a mediocre Western Michigan team, like, whatever. They beat Wisconsin, awesome. They also got worked in a couple other games. They lost to Northern Illinois, blah, blah, So I could see that angle of it, but to me, this is a little extreme. I would set the line at 6.5 if I was going to set it, right? 5.5 uh, is low. I think it's low. I, I, I really do. If BYU doesn't win six games in the regular season, we're all going to be extremely disappointed, and I, I think there would be some major change, right? Also, it's it's plus 105 for it to happen. It's minus 125 for it n- not to happen. Meaning BYU's favored to not go over five and a half, according to Bill Hill. He thinks BYU's winning five, which is crazy. This
0: to me. line is going to change in a hurry, people.
1: Listen, I think BYU is uh, in for a struggle in the first four. I think we all think like, okay, two and two would be a good result, but I don't think BYU's going to lose seven games in the regular season.
0: For this to even come close to realistically happening, and I'm speaking of five wins for BYU, that would probably mean an 0-4 start to the season.
1: Sure, and then you only win two of the next eight. You go two, you go two and six. Right? Two or, and six in the first sorry. eight? Well, yeah, sorry, you'd have to lose uh, you know, more than that. You're going to win three games in November no matter what. Liberty, UMass, I don't stay. Okay? Yes! Are there, Are there only two other wins among the other five? Is what Stop I
0: mean. it! Just stop it. For under six wins to happen, it feels like BYU would have to start the season 0-4. And, and guess what? The last time BYU football started a season 0-4, 1964. It's been 55 years since that happened, and it's not happening in 2019. There's no way BYU is going to start the season 0-4. They will win at least six games. At least, Win at least
1: one of the first four.
0: They always beat somebody. There's 1-3, great. Even if they started 1-3, it's not 0-4, and and they're going to have a quality win. Like, they will beat somebody in the first four games. I hope they beat more than one. (laughs) Too much talent, per the norm. Some of BYU's opponents won't be as good as we think they'll be, a la Michigan State in 2016. A la Wisconsin last year. A la Wisconsin last year. Mississippi State. As well in 2016, five and a half to beat Arizona a, last year is a joke. Yes, yeah. we thought Arizona might win nine games. Khalil Tate, Compete he's still playing by the South. way. He's still
1: playing. No one talks about
0: him. Five and a half is a joke. Free money at six plus wins. Hashtag betting is wrong. That line, I'm telling you, is going to jump up in a hurry.
1: Topic two: After a tremendous spring camp, quarterback Jaron Hall continues to be discussed. How to use the redshirt freshman QB who's apparently too athletic for just a backup quarterback spot. Last night on KUTV in Salt Lake City, quarterback coach and passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick said, yeah, Jaron Hall is going to play. Somehow, someway, he'll play. Spencer, what's your ideal role for brother Jaron Hall this season?
0: Inside the 20 for BYU football, just a, a gimmick quarterback. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be like, oh, he's going to run the ball. Here comes Jaron Hall. BYU is going to run the ball with him. We saw that he can chuck it. In the spring game. So just throw in a different package. Like, okay, we we know he's really good with his feet, but he can run as well. It just gives the defense a different look and kind of makes them have to guess a little bit more. So I'm okay if BYU uses him in some gimmick formations. Specifically, I was thinking inside the 20-yard line as a red zone mix-up. Maybe on third and short if they want to throw some trickeration in there. Or just let him do his thing and go get a hard yard or a hard two yards behind the offensive line and and let him utilize uh, what we think is his best weapon right now, which are his feet. However, he can throw the ball, too. The jump pass, I don't know. Does he go Tebow-esque? He's too good not to have on the field at some point in some of these scenarios. And he can confuse the defense. So I'd I'd like him as a gimmick-type quarterback.
1: I don't, I don't see the need for him to come in and ever run the ball because Zach Wilson rushed for 7.3 yards per carry in non sack rushes last year. I feel like we're undervaluing Zach's ability to run the rock. I could see where Jaron Hall could be put in at times. I do not, and I, we've broached this topic a couple times, I do not see a need to bring Jaron Hall into the game a lot. I want him to be on the sideline. I want him to be on headset, has has the signals down, can see the play call tendencies of Grimes and Roderick and so on, so that he is ready. Because what have we learned in independence? There's only been one stinking season where the starting quarterback in game one went the distance because of injury or ineptitude. And it was Taysom Hill in 2013. The backup quarterback starts game in independence. It's what happens. I don't want injuries to anybody. I don't want ineptitude. For anybody. But Jaron Hall's got to be ready, so I don't want to see him a ton. I, I'm fine seeing him a couple of plays. Yeah, sure. I just don't want to see him uh, more than that because I think he's got to be ready. And, and I think we're all enticed to look at this more because of Taysom Hill with the Saints, right? Taysom Hill doesn't play a ton of downs, therefore he stayed healthy in the NFL more often than BYU. I think it's not a coincidence. And the more Jaron Hall plays, the more likely he is to get hurt, just naturally.
0: Not just Taysom Hill with the New Orleans Saints, but remember what Taysom Hill did in his first game at BYU in 2012 against Washington State? He was used as a gimmick quarterback inside the red zone, threw a touchdown pass against the Washington State Cougars and Mike Leach. Why not have Jaron Hall do something similar to that? I think he's too good of an athlete not to utilize him at least a couple of times to give the opposing defenses a different look. Make him guess a little bit. Make him guess. So I'm cool with that. We'll see what Jaron Hall does and how much he plays in not too many days. But we're not going there yet. Finally, topic three. Don't hit it. No, no, no. We're not going there yet. Finally, topic three. Wimbledon got a ton of social media run yesterday because of Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. One of those classic matchups in the world tennis venue. People like to watch Rafa Nadal play Roger Federer and throw in Novak Djokovic.
1: Are there more players? Those three guys. It feels like those are the three. I didn't know there were more. I, exactly. I thought there were only three.
0: Exactly. It feels like those are those are the three guys, and we got it in the semifinals with Nadal and Federer. Federer prevailing. Federer and facing Djokovic in a record-breaking length. I mean, just crazy tiebreak finish where Federer finishes it off. That got me thinking. What's the dream matchup for BYU Sports? Because tennis fans got it in the semifinals and the finals. What about within the realm of BYU sports? What's your dream matchup?
1: I have three. BYU with an easier schedule. That's oh. my dream matchup. <laughs> BYU in a power five conference would be the the matchup, right? Yeah. yeah and yes, right, I would still right. give up the nineteen eighty-four national title. Okay. And BYU in a New Year's six. Those are my three like dream matchups.
0: My my dream matchup is something that Typically happens every year. There was a brief hiatus in 2014. But BYU and Utah playing for a conference championship again. That'd be fun. It would just take away so much unnecessary rhetoric of, Oh, the lowly BYU Cougars, independent. They're not as good as us. We're a power five team. Well, right now that's true. I'm not saying that BYU isn't as good as Utah in terms of being a power five opponent, but that storyline is it's taken over too much. Like all of a sudden BYU is not in the same ballpark as Utah because they're not a power five team.
1: Well, combine that with not, Beating them They've directly. lost eight in a row. Yeah. That,
0: that's the bigger storyline. Yeah. He's won
1: 11 games the last two years and hasn't beaten Utah. So Utah has every argument they want in this conversation.
0: BYU and Utah playing for a conference championship would be a oh, dream matchup you know, to
1: me. You know what would be worse but interesting? If Utah was relegated and then had to play BYU in something? For Relegation <laughs> in
0: college football, to me, is still like the number one most desirable change I would like to see happen. It'll never happen.
1: It'll never well, happen, I but will, it would be amazing. In the U.S., I want relegation in sports, and I want more sweet pizza. And I want the pizza to be brought to me. Sweet pizza? Yeah. So not just pepperoni. It's like you have, uh, you know, strawberries and cream uh, on uh, bread, essentially. And I want it brought to me. This is something in bre- I want relegation, and I want pizza brought to me. Like, like Tucano's, they bring it to you, but it's pizza. How about that? You don't store it one flavor. You get all the flavors you want.
0: Order your sweets. And I
1: sit down, and you bring it to me. And relegation.
0: Order your sweet pizza.
1: Neither are happening.
0: For BYU Utah this year. And while it won't be for a conference championship per it's se, a state title. it can be for the state title. Hit it! Countdown to the youths. 45 days away. Shout out to Harvey Unga, former number 45, yeah. 2007 freshman All American, All Mountain West Conference player in 2009. And he was a part of a team that won one of those memorable games against Utah. In fact, I think he still has a little bit of red paint on his white BYU helmet from running over a dude at the goal line in 2007.
1: Yeah, he did it a couple of times. Yeah, 09 as well.
0: 45 days. Our question of the day, what is your reaction to the 5.5 over-under win total line set by William Hill in the sports book, when it comes to the BYU Cougars? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Andrew Tucker in on Facebook says it's accurate. Doesn't mean a lot of those games aren't winnable, but let's be honest. BYU will probably lose some games they should have won and win one or two games they should have lost. Sure. Sure. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I agree yeah, with yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. I still think that there are absolutely six wins on the schedule.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Coming up, what are the over under total of some of BYU's opponents and what that means for those matchups with them?
0: Plus, Lee Kamard has switched ranks. He's coaching for BYU women's hoops. What's the number one bit of advice he's received from Jeff Judkins thus far? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest, BYU Sports Nation right now, it's the BYU's best of the best, inspired by the SPS, but decided by you, Cougar Nation. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube.
0: Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, and we now welcome in our first guest of the day. His name is Lee Kamard. He has a new job title, but he's still at BYU. Yeah. Now working with Jeff Judkins and the women's basketball team. Lee, it's been an interesting offseason for you. (laughs) How would you
2: sum up the last few months? You know, I wouldn't wish unemployment on anybody. Um... The the kind of the transition and kind of figuring out what's next was is, is a tough deal, but it, it's been good and I'm happy. I'm excited. It's a great opportunity. I'm grateful for the coach Jedkins and happy to be with you guys again.
1: So in the end, you moved down the hallway. You just moved <laughs> north, right? You know, my, my
2: my office looks exactly the same, and it's uh, it's closer to my car that I parked. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so my,
1: Describe to us the interaction there because we think of them as two separate teams, yet. Uh, They practice and have offices in the same building. They share the same gym, although one team's on the road, one team's at home. There's kind of this interaction between those two teams anyways a lot, right?
2: There there is, and I'm going to have to try to distance myself, not distance myself because I I want those guys to do well and be well, but they have their program, we have ours, and I'm going to try not to take some of the snacks that the, the players on the men's team get, so... (laughs)
0: Why did you feel like you wanted to work with BoA women's basketball and specifically with Jeff Judkins?
2: You know, I love the game. I love this university, and I look at it as a great opportunity to learn from him. And if anything else, a few Majera stories are going to be all worth it. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> One Majera story is worth it, Worth right? it, like let alone a few. Worth it. Um, th- there's, there's this stigma, and I'm not even sure it's true, but okay, if you work in the women's game, it may be harder to get a job on the men's side. But it feels like Jeff Judkins has perhaps turned down a few of these, that opportunities still might be there. Should that be what you want? I guess, how do you feel about that part of this?
2: My intention here is to to add value to these girls any way that I can, help Judkins win games, um, protect him any way I can, and and just help build this program. The first thing that Coach Judkins said to me was that, Lee, you're going to love this, and you won't go back to the men's side. And he said it won't be because you can't. He said it will be because you don't want to. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. It's been a good two weeks. I know it just officially got announced, but I've been here and working with the ladies on the team, and, and they've embraced me, and you know they're, they're, they like to have fun, and it's a good time.
0: You take over a spot on a team that just went to the second round of the NCAA tournament, is maybe a top 25 team when the season begins. Who knows, based on what they did late in the season, but certainly they'll be receiving some votes. Uh, what are your expectations for yourself and for this team in year number one for you as an assistant coach?
2: It goes back to just adding value, right? Any way that I can if they want to get extra work in, helping with their skill development, obviously during the year with game planning and game prep practices. Um, I, I, I just, and it's the thing I told them the first day when Jetty introduced me to the, to the, to the girls, but there's enough here for everybody. If everybody will just buy in, we can do great things, and it's kind of a recipe for good things on any team that you're a part of. Just buy in, and good things happen. It's an
1: interesting um, group because you return a lot of the players, the Splash Sisters, as we like to call them, a dynamic group in the backcourt, right? Yet the coaching staff, uh, they're two new assistants. We talked to Melanie Day. She's amazing. On Friday, Ray Stewart's still there, and, of course, Jeff Judgkins. So how do you uh, start to create that chemistry among the staff, which is really important?
2: It is a big, big deal, and, you know, I spent the week recruiting with Ray out in Indiana, and so it was good to just spend time with him and discuss kind of the pros and cons of, of how we do things and, and, and get an idea of what can be improved and, and, and all that. I'm going to recruit next week with Judkins, so there will be some one-on-one time as far as uh, what he feels like we can do better, and, and just I'm all in. You know, that's where you asked for the major stories, right? <laughs> exactly. We're, the we're going to have a lot, lot of time, car, a lot of time to talk Majerus. Now, all of these assistant coaches come with specific
0: responsibilities. So I know it's only been a few weeks for you, but what specific responsibilities do you have that maybe some of the other assistants do not have?
2: That hasn't been clearly defined yet. I, um, I've kind of taken it upon me to just try to get in the gym as much as I can with them while we're here. You know, if we're not out recruiting to spend some time. We are limited per NCAA rule, so that's difficult to navigate. But um, just you know, getting to know them, uh, getting them to trust you and let them know that you're here to just help them become a better teammate, become a better player, and, and, and help them any way I can.
1: I'm sort of surprised that Jeff hired you in that you're a threat to him as the best shooter, perhaps <laughs> on the staff. How do you feel about that? that?
2: So that is one thing Ray told me. He said, Lee, if there's ever a shooting competition, just know you're not the best shooter in the gym. <laughs> that title goes to Coach Judkins, and that's fine. You know, that's fine.
1: It's it's pretty awesome too because I I'm not sure that BYU fans understand how good of a player he was at Utah. Yeah, like all league performer, NBA guy. He was incredible.
2: He he was a great player, and you have the Majera stories. But he was telling a story the other day of where. He was playing against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like You were in the league at that time? like That's awesome. So there's going to be stories from that point in his life as well. All right, I'm going to say a few names of the girls on this roster, and I just want you
0: to tell me what comes to your mind, okay? <laughs> just some words that come to mind. Okay. First of all, we'll start with
2: Shaylee Gonzalez. Ultra-talented, great player. Uh, I met her parents uh, a week and a half ago. I can tell why she wants to be who she wants to be. That she wants to be special, and she's got a chance. She's got a real chance. Okay. A- Arizona
1: connection, too, right?
2: Definitely. So she went to high school. I went to elementary school that was right across the street growing nice. up. There's so. that connection. Okay. Paisley Johnson. Feisty competitor. Um, she's a great player, great competitor, great leader, and, and I'm here to help her any way I can. Sarah Hampson. Long – um, really impacts the game with her length. Great teammate and is really going to help us this year. Okay, and finally, Brenna Chase. Deep range. <laughs> she likes a three ball, um, and she has a really quick release, going to be a big part of, of the team this year.
0: Okay, you seem to have figured some things out already. Sure.
2: I've I, I got a few practices in. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what, what skill set do you feel like you bring to this staff that will help this team this season?
2: You know, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah, uh, I think that skill development would be part of it, um, but just a, a camaraderie uh, of of being all in, being with the team. That's kind of who I like to be, and I hope to just fit in.
0: What did you do, or I, I should say, when did you find out, and what was the conversation like
2: with Jeff Judkins when he told you that you had the job? Well, he he was down in. I think he came to the marina, but he was at Lake Powell when I finally found out. But it's at BYU. You guys know it's a long process. And even though I was already here working, it's still part of it. And so he called me, and I was excited. And I, I believe he was on the marina at, at Wall Weep down at, at Lake Powell and said, hey, You know, I want to offer you the job. And I said, hey, let's go, you know, so.
1: You accepted on the spot.
2: I did. No negotiating the salary. (laughs) No, No. we don't need to get into that. (laughs) Um,
1: Is is Lizzie's lawn care still a thing that's going to happen?
2: It's going to happen eventually. I got a few other things that, you know, my entrepreneur spirit in me Mm -hmm. has been thinking on. But but that's all on the back burner. And I'm focused on helping these girls and this team.
1: Now, it's probably got to be in Utah, right? It's not going to fly in Arizona. There's just no need.
2: Yeah, well, while I'm here, I don't want to be a long distance owner of a company, you know. So,
1: well, then you don't have to (laughs) meddle in the details as much, right? (laughs) There you go.
2: What's the best bit of advice you've received from Coach
0: Judkins thus far?
2: You know, he, I really appreciate how, how just straight up he was throughout the process. You know, that first phone conversation that we had, and he just said, Hey, I think you'd be really great. I think you would really enjoy this. Um, I know it's different, but I I kind of went through it as well, and and I haven't looked back. It's been a great experience, and 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 so for him, just just how honest he's been with me, I I really appreciate it.
1: The college uh, basketball three point line is going to have a men's distance and now a different women's distance. So there's going to be two lines on the courts. I. Can't stand that. It's just so (laughs) annoying, right? Because players will step up to the deepest line typically. I guess, is that a, uh, I assume the lines are down in the annex right now too, right? Yes. Okay. How how will that affect the game knowing, okay, that other line is there, but the women don't play to that line, they play to the closer line, which is good for this group.
2: Yeah, so I'm not a fan, if I'm honest. I, I wish they would just have one line because they do tend to play behind whatever is the furthest line. And our girls are capable, just let's move it back. And I, I feel, I believe I had a conversation with Coach about it, but he feels the same way, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we have some girls that it's not going to bother them, whether they're behind the further line or the closer line. I'm the type that I like to toe the line no matter where it is. I don't have the range like the new age kid. But uh, I, I wish they would just make one line. What's the biggest fundamental
0: difference between coaching men's basketball and women's basketball that you picked up on?
2: Uh, they have, they have a more and, uh, they're, they're, I don't know why uh, to, cause the guys have a good time too, but they like to have a really good time. They're always joking around and, and having fun. And it's weird because they get on the court and it's like, wow, you guys don't like each other, but then you stop practice or you stop the workout and they're right back to being best friends. Where I think guys hold it in a little bit more and it takes a little bit longer to, you know. Turn it back on, and so, but but they have a they have a really good time. Does the ball
1: move a little more? Is there is there like an X's and O's difference to you as Uh, well in men and women's uh, basketball?
2: I'm still figuring that out. -hmm. Still figuring it out. Just remember four quarters, okay, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) That actually I really like. I like that you can advance it. There's some strategy and all of that. I I really like that. should be a good learning thing for me.
1: Yeah, for some reason, it's been the NIT and men's, they'll experiment and then say yes yeah. or no. But the women's game has things that I think the men's game should have, absolutely. The,
2: the, the foul re- recount yeah. of the, that it's, starts it's over NBA, every quarter. It's, the five. Yeah. it's a double
1: bonus, no. I like one, that one, as right? well. Yeah.
2: But the strategy in it really intrigues me. Great to have you back, man. Thanks, guys.
1: It's like you never left. <laughs> but for you, you did feel like maybe you were leaving, but yeah, yeah. it's it's so. it's great to have you. No, when Thanks.
2: I heard, I was thrilled for you. Yeah, I'm so. excited, and and like you guys have talked about, we have a chance to do something good, and and hopefully it can work out that
1: way. Don't worry. We will overhype yeah. this team into
0: <laughs> tremendous
2: pressure. Just work yeah. on you your guys. Uh, you guys stop. are great at the overhyping. <laughs> just work on your <laughs> Chuck and, uh,
0: Judkins impersonation. Okay. okay? Yeah.
2: You know you. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> just say one thing right okay. now. okay? Okay. I love the guy. He's going to say my name wrong. Yes. Oh, it's a No question he's going to get my name wrong and I'm okay with it. Yeah. I've been getting my name said the wrong way forever. Usually it's Cummerd, but he he likes to say Canard. And so Canard, Luke Canard. He's going mean, to say Canard yeah. and, and that's just how it is. Oh my you know? gosh. It's a head coaching thing that when you become a head coach you can't pronounce names correctly. The guy's had unbelievable success, and I'm here to help him have even more success, but I know he's going to botch my name. It's good. That's good that you know uh, that. Thanks he for having me, guys. Coach yeah. there, you there. Thanks, there you go. there.
1: Thanks, There you go. Thanks, Lee Kennard. I
2: appreciate, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Coming up, BYU Cougar involved in one of the greatest sports stories of the weekend, and maybe ever. We'll talk to Taylor Cole.
0: And we take a closer look at the opponent win projections for the BYU football foes in 2019. Are you on board with all this? This is BYU Sports Nation. I know Kennard is. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling. You missed today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Good news. We're going to tell them to you again. Beginning with this Jimmer Fredette has officially signed with the Greek basketball club Panathinaikos. Yeah. Traditionally one of the top 10 teams in Europe. Fredette and the team making that public on their respective social media accounts this morning. Jimmer signs a two year deal worth a reported. $3.5 million. A lot
1: of tithing. One BYU football over-under is set at 5.5 wins this season. 5.5? We discussed earlier why that is just uh, grade-A baloney. Dumb! According to Veronica Corningstone. Uh, William Hill Sportsbook. I didn't know Bill before this, but now we do. This is the lowest projection for the Cougars. As ESPN's Football Power Index has the Cougs at 7.5 and, and Phil Steele at 7.
0: 5.5?
1: 5.5? Get out of here. Yeah. Listen, no blue goggles required for six wins. Good Come on. gravy. Come on. BYU
0: basketball forward Yoli Childs receives an honorable mention from Andy Katz in his preseason top 25 college basketball players of 2019-2020. The returning senior, one of 15 players mentioned just outside Katz's top 25. And the argument of whether or not we should mention them as We're part not of the top 25 or if they're in the top 25... I, <laughs> Mm. Honorable mention. Okay.
1: Taylor Cole pitched the first two innings of a combined no-hitter for the LA Angels in a 13-0 win over the Seattle Mariners Friday night. The Angels wore the number 45 to remember pitcher Tyler Skaggs, who passed away earlier this month. We will chat with Cole in the next segment. What a story.
0: All right, as promised, we're going to look at some of BYU's opponents Mm -hmm. and their over-under win total projections, courtesy of FanDuel.
1: Here's why this matters, because if a team's really stinking good, the chances of beating them are lower, right? So if the over-under on a team is uh, way high, that'll be a bigger upset, right? Wisconsin last year we thought was going to be a college football national championship contender. So when the win happened, that was really big. They were ranked
0: number six. And it
1: will always be big, but it's lessened a little bit when the dust settles, and that team's eight and five. That's still a really good road win. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But let's evaluate what what FanDuel thinks, and then let's see if that lessens or increases the chance of winning that game. Okay,
0: I'm going to give you the team, and I'm going to give you the number. Go. Utah is projected at 9.5.
1: Beating a 9- or 10-win Utah team would be incredible. Beating a 0-win Utah team would be incredible, given the streak. So I think that uh, it would be a big upset if BYU beats Utah. I still think that. Yet, it's one game. It's a home field. It's the former Ute uh, fan turned Cougar quarterback. It's, BYU was up by 20. I'm feeling good about BYU's chances, even though logistically they shouldn't be good.
0: I'll tell you why in about three minutes... Why, I think I have found the answer to BYU finally beating Utah. Okay. I have found the answer, people. Game number two, Tennessee. Tennessee. Shout out to our friends in Nashville and all over the great state of Tennessee. They are projected at seven wins. This
1: is a winnable game. This is a game BYU can go in and win. I know it's SEC. I know it's the road. I know it's Rocky Top. Tennessee has stunk the last two years. Perhaps they get way better this year. But BYU can hang with Tennessee. If BYU can win at Wisconsin with a seven-win team, BYU can win at Tennessee. Sorry, do they have a 41-game non-conference home win streak? No, they don't. It's only like 30. BYU? (laughs) Against non-conference at home.
0: Early in the season, traditionally against these powers has kind of weirdly been good, right? Well,
1: BYU should get one.
0: All right, speaking of seven wins, the Cougars return home for game number three, and they host
1: USC. Winnable game. USC, is uh, they struggled last year. The year before that, they won the Pac-12, so who knows what we're going to get.
0: Washington at eight and a half, Jerome.
1: It's going to be a tough game because it's the fourth Power Five game in a row. Washington will reload and be at least a nine-win team. You think
0: Utah or Washington is going to win the Pac-12?
1: At yeah, least that's probably. what we're seeing. We'll see. Justin uh, Herbert, paper. Oregon, there in the mix.
0: Okay, Toledo and South Florida, both at eight wins. We've
1: talked about since 82, BYU's only won one game in the Eastern time zone against a team that had a winning record when the dust settled. I think BYU probably splits if both win seven plus, then BYU probably splits those.
0: Is Boise State the favorite to get into a New Year's Six bowl game as the G5 team? They're projected at 10.
1: I would say it's UCF until they don't. Okay. But, but BYU has never defeated a Boise State team that won ten plus games. The two times Boi's won, two and seven, those Boise State teams weren't double digit win teams. I think that's not a coincidence. Utah it's a lesser State. Boise State team.
0: Okay, what about Utah State? A Boise State yeah. Mountain West Conference foe at seven.
1: Utah State loses too many weapons from a great offense last year. is gonna go win that game in Logan. Liberty at five in Provo. Child plays. <laughs> Idaho State no, win no. UMass at four and a half. Yeah. San Diego State's the intriguing one. Now they're at eight, like Toledo and South Florida. That's an interesting one. Who's banged up? Who's feeling good? Who's in a good position? Likely decent weather at the end of November. That's a great trip at the end of November. Uh, yeah. It's going to be more than five and a half wins, though.
0: All right, Jerem. It's time. <laughs> Utah at nine and a half wins, according to FanDuel. I believe I found the answer to BYU snapping the eight-game losing streak. Don't blow a 20-point lead? And I found it at the Four Corners Monument on my vacation to New Mexico. They have souvenir stands with all types of legendary, authentic Native American trinkets and memorabilia. We're walking around perusing mm-hmm. these stands. And on the Colorado side, home to Utah's current Pac-12 rival, mm-hmm. I found a dream catcher. We're with a, dream. a BYU helmet inside of it. They had all the NFL yeah. teams yeah. and then... BYU. Just, keep,
1: I hope you kept your receipt for a reimbursement.
0: Shout out to Dolores Red Mustache. Yep. She's, that's,
1: that's her last name. Her
0: name is Dora. Yep. Yep. I told her that if this is the key to BYU snapping the 8 game losing streak, I will buy it.
1: We're all desperate. Let's do whatever.
0: I bought it. We are all in. <laughs> the Dreamcatcher combined with Studio B and the BYU Sports Nation
1: Karma. We're going to hang this in front, Jerem. We're launching all the. This is the, the key. Uh,. Spiritually, ethical, mystical means possible. This is this is the key. <laughs> this is the key. It shall be hung up. The dream catcher. It
0: catches any negative thought or dream of really? BYU losing to Utah in it. Well, it probably shouldn't go by me then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it should go by it, you because should, you have all the negative sh- thoughts. Sh- negative, realistic, mathematical. <laughs> Coming up, Eric Mika makes a final impression in the NBA Summer League.
0: And we have an interview with Taylor Cole after being part of an emotional combined no-hitter by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. You are not going to want to miss this. BYU Sports Station continues in a moment.
1: The best of BYU Sports Nation airs weekly now on BYU Radio. Saturdays at noon Eastern, featuring two hours of the best interviews and conversation from the week. That's assuming we had two good hours. It also shows up on the podcast feed. Welcome back to BYU Sports
0: Nation. We found a place for the dream catcher for the moment. Right, right front. in
1: front. Front center, catching, <laughs> negative <laughs> dreams, vibes. Listen, that's real leather. BYU will beat Utah.
0: It's made with turkey feathers as well. BYU helmet in the middle. Mm. All right, if you missed what happened on Friday night or didn't see it on social media with Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, we're about to get you caught up to date on one of the more memorable sports stories of the year. And that leads us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
0: BYU baseball alum Taylor Cole, only the second BYU Cougar to be a part of a major league no-hitter joining Jack Morris, who did it in April of 1984. And Taylor Cole now joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, returning to the program. Taylor, nice to have you back on BYU Sports Nation.
3: I'm glad to be back. How's it going?
0: Fantastic. What an incredible Friday night and weekend for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, for that matter. Taylor, I just to set this thing up for those that might not know you were honoring one of your teammates who recently passed away Tyler Skaggs on Friday night your first home game since uh, news broke that he had passed away you all wore number 45 and then you combined for a no hitter the day before his birthday I mean it it was unbelievable what was the atmosphere like as you took the mound in in that scenario in that arena
3: it was like a like a spiritual experience almost, you know, you just want to be there and and do well for, for him. I mean, they played a video uh, of Tyler beforehand. Uh, We were able to see his wife, um, you know, in the clubhouse before the game, about an hour and a half, she wanted to be around the team and, and see us all made her feel closer to Tyler. His mom threw out the first pitch, Debbie, and uh, the first pitch was right down the middle. And so, um, You know, it was just a really, really special, uh, night altogether. And then that happened. I mean, you, you, you couldn't imagine, you know, a a no hitter or something of, of that, uh, caliber to happen at that, in that like instant, in that timing. But it didn't. It just makes you realize that, man, there's so much more to it than just the game, right? Sometimes the game of baseball and sports in general are there to kind of help people heal and kind of, a uh, an avenue to, to just, have a lot of cool things happen. And so anyway, it's just really grateful and humbled to be a part of it. I mean, I, I threw for two innings, and then I had Felix Peña come in for the last seven. So uh, he did the heavy lifting, but, you know, it was just really, really special moment and something we'll never forget. Emotionally,
1: how did you go to the mound and compete in the way you did, given everything that happened and was happening to remember Tyler?
3: It's one of those things you just try to um, – just to focus. I mean, obviously I knew that, you know, it was a special night. Um, and that's exactly what he would have wanted, right. Is to just be the ultimate competitor to go out there. That's what he was. I mean, he loved to pitch. And so for me, um, i you know, sometimes people can put pressure on themselves and say, Hey, I, I, I gotta be, do great in this moment for him. And for me, it was just, just be yourself, you know, just go out there and, and, and trust your preparation and do, do your thing. But, you know, um, I definitely felt that there was some added help that night. Um, I know Felix says as well. Just you know, you, I came out of the game. You know, had had a couple good innings, but like I said, it it took seven more after that of of no hit innings to make this thing happen. Dustin Garneau, our catcher, I mean, was out there for all nine. Um, I, I can't make this stuff up. You know, it's just something that uh, was the greatest thing that's ever that's ever happened to me on a baseball field.
0: Taylor Cole, former BYU baseball pitcher, now pitching for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, was part of a combined no-hitter on Friday night, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, no joke, my wife was celebrating her grandmother's 80th birthday, and she's a huge Angels fan, and she wanted to spend it in one place. And it was on the front row of Angel Stadium on Friday night. And wow, I, it's crazy that that she was there, but... What I heard was it just, and I almost hesitate to say this, there was almost this added element, almost like this divine element uh, to what happened on Friday night. And and I know that it's it's hard to kind of put it into words, but um, after that game wraps up and the no-hitter is complete and you're laying the number 45 on the mound, I mean, what's going through your mind?
3: Just one of those special moments in life. You know, They they come every so often and, you know, sometimes – they're just not planned and they just happen and you just realize, especially when it happens in such a unique time that it did, uh, you just realize how how much that God is involved in, in the intricacies of our life. You know what I mean? That whole city, I mean, the fans, the Angel fans have been so supportive and, you know, have been grieving with the team, you know what I mean? And there's there's thousands and millions of fans throughout probably the country that, you know, just... You know, when stuff like that happens, it just makes you realize that, hey, you know, there's a higher power that's in control here, you know. And, and, and you know, Carly, you know, Skaggs' wife, uh, Carly Skaggs, you know, she, I, I hope that that brought her just even a, a little bit more peace, you know, because I think that hopefully it helped her realize that, you know, there's going to be people that are going to be supporting her for a long time. She doesn't have to do it alone. And um, you know, it's just the special moment just goes beyond baseball.
1: The baseball gods sh- certainly manifest themselves at times. Uh, D Gordon hits a home run the the game after Jose Fernandez passes away. This happens with Tyler Skaggs. But I want to I want to walk you back to the final out. It was a grounder actually taken into the chest of the second baseman. Were you nervous for a second? That wasn't that was going to be a hit maybe in that moment because it, there was a bobble there.
3: Yeah, so I got a little superstitious because, you know, I, I threw my two innings, I came inside the clubhouse, and I started to do my routine, my shoulder work, and, and all the things that I do afterwards. And anyways, then it was like, hey, one of the luxuries of pitching the first couple innings and, and being an opener is you got the rest of the game just to enjoy. You know, you're done. You know, and so I actually went into, like, this little room. It's, that's actually our nap room where there's a TV set up, and I was just watching the game on the TV for the rest of the game. And, I, and you know, fifth inning came around, sixth inning, I said, what if? You know, that was the thought that came through my mind. Like, no, like that, I don't want to even want to go there because I don't, you know. And then the seventh and then the eighth and, uh, you know, um, there's actually, I, when I was in that room and watching the, the TV, it was a little delayed from like, obviously there's like tons of TVs thr- sprinkled throughout the clubhouse, right? And there was one that was pretty loud, kind of like right outside the door. That was a little, you know, wasn't delighted. It was more, uh, you know, in real time. And I was watching the ninth inning, and all of a sudden the, the stadium just roars. And I, hit, you know, hear, you know, the angel, you know, and, and I just hear everybody go crazy and it, it announced on the TV. And so that, that even before the, the pitch had been thrown, and so I just, I didn't even see, I didn't even see it. I really didn't. Um, I, I just ran to my locker because I was still in the clubhouse. I didn't want to jinx anything. You know, uh, and then grabbed my hat and ran outside with the team. So, so you weren't even in. You uh, weren't even cool. out
1: there for the final out. You were that superstitious.
3: No, well, d- yeah, I wanted to just stay right where I was, right. I didn't want to like, it, it, you know, because if I would have like thrown on my because, in all fairness, the um the media came and said, hey, well, a couple of our staff members came and said, uh, hey, Taylor, like if this ends up happening, like you know, we're going to want an on field interview, you know, so they said throw on your. Uh, Throw on your jersey, and so I threw on my jersey. But I went right back to the spot that I was in in the clubhouse. <laughs> I didn't want to throw on my jersey and be in the dugout in the ninth inning, and then something bad happened, you know, let us give up a hit or whatever it is, and then everybody be like, "Man, why did you come out here?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I just stayed right where I was, and uh, you know, Angel Stadium set up where you actually have these stairs, you know, that you gotta you go up and down um, to get to in it. So. I ran out there and got out there pretty quickly and um, was a part of it, part hey. of the celebration, and it was just really cool.
0: Taylor, I'm clearly all aboard the Superstition train today. I'm buying Native American Dreamcatchers with BYU helmets to try and help BYU football beat Utah. So I'm all about it, man.
3: Hey, absolutely, right? I, I like it, man. Absolutely. Big year this year, right? you, you bet, so.
0: man. Hey, we're thrilled for your success. We appreciate your time amidst your busy schedule. Let's talk again soon.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on.
0: You got a Taylor Cole on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future, all class. Incredible
1: story. We've been plugged in with Taylor. We appreciate him coming on the Monday after the Friday. P- pretty cool. Coming up, what former Cougars won a gold medal and who won a silver yesterday? Plus, another
0: BYU Cougar alum, Mike Leach, dishes out a social media gem. <laughs> he gets fire eyes and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, BYU women's basketball assistant coach Lee Kamard and Taylor Cole, pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim.
1: Fresh off a no-no Friday night, special night. Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it.
0: It's time for the Cougar Whip Around.
1: Jimmer, Jimmer Mania is officially heading to Athens, Greece. As Fredette announced, he's signing with Greek champ and EuroLeague power Panathinaikos. Reports of the deal are two years, three and a half million. Men's Basketball. BYU
0: basketball forward Yoli Childs, an honorable mention from Andy Katz in his preseason top 25 college basketball players of next season. One of 15 players mentioned just outside the top 25.
1: Cougars in pro hoops. Eric Mika scored 15 points, grabbed seven boards in 18 minutes for the Kings in the final NBA Summer League game. Volleyball. The
0: USA men's volleyball team takes silver, losing in four sets to Russia in the FIVB Boom. Volleyball Nations League final. Taylor-Sander led all scores of 20 points, 17 kills, two aces, and a block.
1: Ronnie Jones-Perry, the pride of Copper Hills and Team USA, won the Pan-American Cup in three sets against the Dominican Republic yesterday. Seventh U.S. win all time, uh, third straight. Well done, RJP. Today's rise and shout-outs now. For
0: me, Jeremy goes to BYU alum Mike Leach and his tweet. What did he do now? Quote: Taking a dog named Shark to the beach is a very bad idea. End quote. Indeed.
1: (laughs) Mine goes to Holly. Mine goes to Holly. Yeah, exactly. Mine goes to Holly Row, Two posts about uh, basically uh, BYU or Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. She was in a uh, basketball gym in a church. Playing after a wedding. Typical, right? Got to play. She's in her dress and everything. And then uh, Alexis Cafusi got married over the weekend. And the three Cafusi boys, uh, Bronson, Corbin, and Devin, were all uh, doing a traditional dance for uh, Alexis and uh, her bride. And so congratulations. Yeah, at Sports Siren, Holly Rowe. Yeah, we love Holly. Uh, used to host True Blue here. We, I worked with Holly. She was great.
0: Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. What's your reaction to the five and a half wins line set by a sports book for BYU at WD840 says, That's crazy. Since 05, BYU has picked up less wins only once. Fewer wins, I should say.
1: In 2017 probably.
0: Vegas essentially expecting 2017 all over again, but BYU will definitely exceed that. Amen
1: to that. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU
0: for Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mike Reed. We'll see you for BYU Sports Station tomorrow at noon Eastern. Go Cougs! Catch didream.